For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the word of the Lord. Earlier this week, I was watching a talk online um, of how to start a good speech or how to start a speech well. And uh, the, the person was encouraging us to either use like a good story or a really shocking fact. Um, I don't have either of those for this morning. I don't really know how to start this sermon just because of its sheer importance um, of the theme and the topic that we're going to be exploring this morning. So why don't we start in a much better place than with um, a fact or a story uh, and just start with the Spirit. Let's just wait on God for a moment. Holy Spirit, you're the one who knows our needs this morning. You're the one who knows what you want to reveal through your word. You're the one calling us and moving us into deeper relationship with the Father. You know what is hindering that relationship and what needs dealing with this morning. And so we just give you full freedom and our surrender to say, would you have your way amongst us through these words, through whatever means and ways you choose. In your name we ask. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no...
Really, my heart just wants you to get that this morning. Um, uh, there's, there's been a few uh, questions in the question box and a few conversations I've had uh, recently with individuals uh, that have uh, led me to be um, slightly worried about what some people uh, may think uh, about what happens on the Day of Judgment for us as Christians. Uh, and, and in many cases this morning I might be uh, preaching to the converted, which is an odd thing to say in church because you're always preaching to the converted. Um, but that sense of actually that there may be some things that you just think this is just so obvious, so, uh, so obvious knowledge and such obvious uh, truths. Um, but I also think that to some people here uh, that they've been living their lives for so long uh, thinking they may know uh, what is going to happen on Judgment Day and actually there's been a bit of a misunderstanding uh, as to what, what is waiting for us uh, who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, and and it's, it ties around this theme of condemnation, which is not unique to Paul. Uh, Paul does not, uh, is not the only person to talk about condemnation by any means. Uh, there are actually over 60 references to the word condemnation in the New Testament. Uh, many of them are by Paul for sure, but as we saw from the, the very well-known passage from John 3, uh, 16, and the less well-known John 3, 17, uh, that condemnation is something very much that Jesus spoke about as well. And it's a, a word that we don't, we're less familiar with these days, really, I think. It's a word we don't use very much in our everyday language. It's not a word you come across very often. Uh, you may hear of a building being condemned, or you may hear of someone being condemned to a life sentence in prison or something like that. But it's a phrase we don't tend to use up, and it tends to have really uh, negative connotations because it's a word really of finality. There's something very final about the word condemnation, isn't there? That when something is condemned, when something has been deemed as condemned, it's deemed as no longer being fit for purpose. So if a building is condemned, it's basically no longer fit for the purpose for which it was created. Its only hope is either to be restored by something or to be knocked down. It's no longer able to be what it was supposed to be. If a person is condemned, then they're no longer worthy to be in society, and so they have to be shut away and maybe even sentenced to death in some countries. Condemnation is a very final word. It's a very legal term which Paul would have been familiar with using, which the people would have been familiar with hearing. But it's very, very final. No longer fit for purpose. A judgment has been passed on that thing or that person to say that's the case. Now our God, as much as we don't like to admit it sometimes or talk about it, is a God who condemns. What Paul is not saying in Romans 8 is that there is no condemnation. There's not a full stop there. There's a very clear sentence which we're going to come to in a minute. He makes it very clear as he's laying, as we, as we said last week, and hopefully you've all been reading Romans 1 to 7, and you've been seeing the context in which Romans 8 sits, you would have noticed in chapter 2 that Paul is talking about condemnation there as well. And he's making it very clear at the kind of people for whom there is condemnation. He's talking about the kind of people who are saying, this is how you should live your life, these are the things you shouldn't do, and then they walk out the door and do those very things. They're not living the life that Jesus intended for them. There's a hypocritical lifestyle about the way that they're living, and they actually haven't really got faith in Jesus at all. He talks about there being condemnation uh, for sin itself, because our God absolutely abhors sin. He cannot stand sin. 
It absolutely detests God. And in God's eyes, and and we're thankful for it, that sin needs to be punished. In order for God to be completely just, the wrong things of this world need punishing. They need punishment. Otherwise, he wouldn't be just. If he let people get away with anything, if he literally let people get away with murder then there wouldn't be justice, therefore God wouldn't be just. And we know what it feels like. We know when we're wronged and, and justice isn't done and, and the person doesn't get what we think they deserve. We know that makes us feel wronged. It feels like there's an injustice. And if our God is perfectly just, then those wrong things need to be judged. And we, judged. And we don't like talking about it and we don't like thinking about it all that often. But our God condemns sin, absolutely abhors it and absolutely judges. Uh, judges that sin. That's always been the case. God has always been that way since sin entered into this world. But, Paul says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I want to focus on one particular word, and it's the word no. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the reason it gets me, I think, emotionally, and the reason it hurts me so much to say those phrases, is because I know there are people who know Jesus who are still living their lives as if there's going to be condemnation for them at the end of this life. And there simply isn't going to be that condemnation because of what Christ has done on the cross. This is so life transforming, this truth that Paul is revealing, that there is no, absolutely no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you face Jesus on the day of judgment, what does God see? Well, if you've chosen to say yes to Jesus, if you've accepted what Jesus did for you on the cross, if you have received the forgiveness that he's poured out over you, if you have chosen that life of repentance and repentance literally meaning to change your mind to turn to Christ to live your life for him then there is no condemnation because do you just think for a moment imagine Jesus stood before the father at that moment where he is uh, he's died on the cross and he stood before his father do you think there is any condemnation for Jesus Do you think the Father condemns Jesus in any way? Now, I really hope that your answer to that question is absolutely not. No way. No way. And when your Father looks at you, who are in Christ Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory, He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your mistakes or your errors, the times you failed, the times you got it wrong. He doesn't see the times that you failed to evangelize your neighbors, the times you didn't represent Christ well on earth. He doesn't see how well you dealt with your finances or not. He doesn't see how well you led these particular group. He doesn't see how good you did as a parent or any of those things. What he sees is the person of Jesus Christ in you. And there's no condemnation. 
absolutely none. It's not as if there's a little bit of condemnation because we keep getting it wrong. There is no condemnation. He makes it very clear, and this isn't Paul's unique idea. Jesus said it himself. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through himself, through Christ, through those who believe in Christ. So if you have said yes to Jesus at any point in your life, there is no condemnation for you at all on the day of judgment. None. So stop wasting time thinking that there is. Stop guilting yourself so much with the fear of a judgment that's not yours to be feared because it's not yours to be had because Jesus has taken it for you on the cross. And, and yes, there is judgment. Yes, there is fear for those who don't know Christ Jesus. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is simply no condemnation. I cannot say it any clearer. Paul could not say it any clearer. There is no condemnation. And when we fail to accept that and we fail to realize that, and I know this seems harsh, and I know this is going to make some people feel guilty, which is a problem in itself. We'll deal with that another week. But if you don't accept the fact that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, you are undermining the very thing Jesus came to do on the cross. The very thing he came to do was to remove that condemnation so it's not there for you. And if you are living with a guilt that's not yours to live with, then what on earth did Jesus die for? If not for there to be no condemnation. If not for there to be that free, open relationship with the Father through repentance, through turning to Christ, through accepting what he did for us on the cross. And it says uh, these beautiful words that he washes as white as snow with his blood. So that when we face God on the day of judgment, what he sees in us is Jesus. Pure, unhindered Jesus. thankful does that make you for the cross of Christ and you know we're not we're not going to get it right all the time we're not going to live perfect lives with no mistakes we're going to fall into old habits we're going to have habitual sin we're going to have things that we struggle with about church about life about faith there's going to be questions we have about God there's going to be questions we have about uh, everything we face in life there's going to be times we feel like we let God down there's going to be times we feel like we let others down we let ourselves down Uh, but there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus None. Absolutely none. And so when you are there, when that time comes, I love how Matt Redman puts it in 10,000 Reasons, and on that day when my strength is failing, the angel's near, and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending, 10,000 years, and then forevermore. When we face that moment, we stand before God, who is judge, as forgiven 
children of God, heirs of the kingdom, stood before him with no condemnation. And the time that we spend or have spent worrying about that day, we could use to share the good news with those for whom it will be a problem. (laughs) For those for whom there may be condemnation if they don't know Christ Jesus. Repentance comes as a response to Jesus. And, and we need to understand that that's what Jesus has done for us on the cross is a once and for all thing. And, and it makes a difference to our lives, not only on earth but for eternity. And it's an incredible truth for us uh, to live with. And it, for me, it, it makes a difference in how I view him, and how I view myself, and how I view others, in what's in, important in life, in what is a priority in life. And that whole kind of concept of, of Paul in, in Romans 7 the chapter, in, in the verses almost immediately before this, we, we have these verses that people take great, great comfort in. When Paul is saying, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with what, that the law is good. But if, in fact, I no longer, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me, for I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is in my flesh, uh, I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. And that feels more real to us, doesn't it? We can relate to that. All of us can relate to that. I do not do what I know I should do and all those kind of things. Does being free of condemnation let us off the hook from trying to be better versions of ourselves? Well, no, it doesn't. Because God always desires for us to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Paul goes on to say in Romans that it doesn't mean you can just go and sin so that grace is stronger or all those kind of things. We do desire to be better versions of ourselves that we seek with God and with the Spirit to live in that life, to walk in those ways. So it doesn't let us off the hook in terms of... Uh, kind of trying to be the better versions of ourselves that we can be. But what it does mean that if you fail to do that, there's still no condemnation. If you don't reach the expectations that you've set on yourself or that others have set on you, there is still no condemnation. If, If you don't feel you get it right, there's still no condemnation. So stop condemning yourselves in a way that your father in heaven doesn't even consider doing because when he looks at you who are in Christ Jesus he sees Christ in you this is a life transforming concept this has been transforming lives for thousands of years And we'll go on changing lives for thousands more until that day when Jesus returns. So if you are here this morning and you have been fearing judgment, today is the day you stop.
Today is the line in the sand moment where you realise there is no condemnation for you because of what Christ has done on the cross once and for all. Today is the day you accept that as a final thing that changes everything. And it doesn't just change it for us, it changes it for the whole of God's creation. Because Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. What a Father, what a God, what a God we worship. And it's not through anything you've done or anything you can ever do, but through everything he's done for you. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's called mercy, because we do not deserve it. What we deserve is to be condemned. But what he gives us is freedom from that condemnation. What amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. Once was dead, but now I'm alive. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, I want to pray that in these moments that you will come in the name of Jesus and that you will remove any guilt and shame from this place. Any fear that need not be in our lives for what's to come. We pray that you would overcome that fear with your perfect love right now. for those people here this morning for whom this may mean an entire uh, change of our thinking, of our understanding, we pray God that you would reveal more and more through your word the truth that there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus and for those who are unsure about whether they are in Christ Jesus Lord, would you remind us of just how simple it is to be? Because all it requires is our yes and our amen to everything you've done for us on the cross. And if we've given you that, then we are in Christ Jesus and there is no condemnation for us. We thank you that as you look in us, what you see is Christ in us, the hope of glory. But as we accept your forgiveness on the cross, you remove our sin and clothe us with righteousness. Lord, may we live our lives knowing that there is no condemnation for us. May we share your life 
with those who don't know that truth and the life that is available to them today. And Jesus, may we become more and more aware of your amazing, amazing grace. And in response to that, choose life with you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen.